You're listening to Cold Open Stories, a showcase for audio dramas and short fiction. My name is Colin DeGraff. Entertainment in the pre-television era was not that different than it is now. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? There were stories of adventure, mystery, war, and drama, but what made them stand out was their entirely auditory performance. These weren't simple narrations. Families could gather around and enjoy full cast productions, complete with sound effects, orchestral scores, and gripping narratives. By the 1940s, the audio drama was a global phenomenon. A great deal of oral storytelling depends on how we receive information and process it in our minds. The human brain is a problem-solving machine, but audio fiction is missing that tactile information, so it requires a different type of commentary for your brain to create a sense of time, space, and immersion. So to build this, the best scripts and stories offer subtle context clues without coming across as blatant direction, and each line of dialogue, each sound or musical note, all contribute to a mental image that we piece together. When it's done well, you can feel like you're there. There's one thing I'm glad of, Lamont. He doesn't know. He doesn't know he's doomed to shiver and freeze and starve like that forever. And millions like him. Millions of unfortunate shivering and starving all over the world tonight. That machine. I must find that machine. It creates something that Casey Whalen famously called theater of the mind. This month, Cold Open Stories is celebrating its two-year anniversary. We're very happy that you followed us on this journey. To commemorate this occasion, we're sharing some words from the cast and collaborators behind our audio dramas. But that's not all. If you haven't been to coldopenstories.com, you're only getting half the experience. On this episode, we'll also be checking in with writers from our short fiction anthologies, the fast fiction writing contest, and immersive writing game. And stay tuned to the end. You'll also hear the winner of our latest fast fiction contest, The Stars Are Cold. So here's to two years. Thank you for joining us. We're just getting started. We leap through the space beyond space. The skiffs navigate the labyrinth realm, and when we emerge, the safety and tranquility of the webway is ripped away. We step into mayhem, into war. Tell me when he's clear! Pulling away! The carnifex are weathering my shots! The cavalry is always late. Who sends her way of tying themselves up? They've gotten into your dreams, have I grab the sword still lodged in her spine. Silk things too soft to be real move in and out of sight. The ground you walk on, the stones, the bone, will all burn. You are now my property.
When cold open stories began, there was a vast market of audio fiction that presented themselves through the medium of podcasts. In the pursuit of immersion, they often followed a reporter or an investigator, their microphone in hand, and they explored mysteries in their community. The conceit here was that the barrier between the listener and the storyteller was minimal, the podcast being a piece of found footage, as it were. We decided to play with this conceit for our first audio drama, and that concept became the Echo of Satellite 66B. I never condemn a man for his speculation. Now, Echo was a proof of concept to see what would happen when we combined this found footage concept with the grim, dark future of Warhammer 40,000, something we had been big fans of for the last few years. It's weird going back to listen to it now. I mean, I have to listen to myself, but the best part is I can also get to listen to others. Hello all, uh, my name's Brandon Richards and I play Callias Vault in the Exodus Satellite 66B, or rather Inquisitor Callias Vault. Um, and what attracted me to voice acting is that I've always loved, I've always loved doing voices. Um, I remember when I was 11, I used to uh, copy the zombies uh, characters from, from Call of Duty and f to amuse my friends and everything. Um, and since then, I've always been fascinated by sort of the response that, that your voice can get. I uh, grew up in a theatrical family. My parents were both actors. So, of course, I knew what the body could, um, kind of emotion the body could bring forth. But I was always interested in the sort of minuscule, like, what if you could use only your voice to elicit everything, all the emotions that the entire body usually um, uh, is usually used for. And Brandon brings up a great point that voice acting isn't just about doing a funny voice or something creepy. It's about putting the acting in voice acting. Echo was the beginning of our voice acting casting calls, which attracted amateur and professional talent alike. Now, just because you go big doesn't mean you're going home. March for Mars was an attempt to step out of internal monologue and just let the scene play out with the environment of sounds. What could be more fun than bashing together giant robots and alien hordes for this? What a lot of people may not realize is that the sound effects for all of our audio dramas start with real world collection, and they're only tweaked in post-production software after. Weaponry, like the ones heard in March or our more recent Hounds of Bedlam, came from a collection of motorcycles. I didn't get the starting... <laughs> Playground jungle gyms in winter. Wood cutting. I 
hope to be credited in Patreon. This is one of the top, like, jump. And a trip to the local firing range where, for the very first time, I learned the importance of wearing earplugs underneath my headset. Save what this is after, you'll just tell me what you think. Alright, so. Okay, you're good? Ready? The recording of Foley and sound design is a field unto itself, and it takes a lot of time to figure it out and get right. Now, we've worked with industry leaders and connections to help plug in the gaps, but it's an intensive process. Another process that can't be understated is the music. Robert Renato Hack is a masterclass composer based in Hungary, and he gets the setting, the mood, the tone. He understands it more than almost anyone. In addition to our bumper intro, you can hear his work across all of the audio dramas, helping to create a sense of tension or excitement. Now he makes it real easy to create a sense of believability to the performances. Like with two members of the Adeptus Rortas in our third drama, when all lights have gone out. Hi there, everybody. My name is Carrie Schultens, and I played Ardell Maine in When All Lights Have Gone Out. Hi, I'm Carla Mack, and I voice Abigail Pike. As you can tell, her voice is a little bit different than mine, but that's what makes it fun. It really helps you to dive into the character. Um, my entrance into voice acting was a little bit non-traditional. Um, it wasn't really a super burning passion for me at the beginning. I, um, I found it interesting. Like, I always like to see, like, the behind the scenes of, like, the Disney cartoons and stuff that I would see, like, actors I knew voicing characters that, uh, I could see on the screen. I thought that was interesting, but it never really, like, I wasn't ever thinking I would get to do that. Um, and then I entered a contest uh, that BioWare put out uh, to become a part of Mass Effect Andromeda, um, and they liked the way I sounded. So they picked me, and they flew me out to Los Angeles and uh, put me in the game. And so that's kind of where I got my start, and as soon as I met those people and was in that environment, I was uh, definitely bitten by the bug. When you can um, display a different kind of voice. I mean, that's what voiceover is all about. It's about range and just getting to be anything that you want to be. Um, playing her was a lot of fun, except for when she died. But uh, even that was fun. And it got me some recognition to get into the Emperor. If the Emperor had text-to-speech device, I'm sure that some of you guys have heard of that. Um, she may even be have it reprising, you know, having a little guest spot in that series, which will be really, really cool. When I first actually heard When All Lights Have Gone Out, I was actually on a plane on my way home from visiting my brother in California, and I had been delayed like five times, so for me... Um, it was, it felt like, at the very least, it felt like about 2.30 in the morning and I was on a plane between Colorado and Michigan. So um, I, had, I was hearing and listening to the, the audio drama for the first time then, and it was just, I was spellbound by how, um, by how it sounded and the quality of the effects and the, the different sounds and the music and as I was listening, it slowly started to sound less and less like me. 
uh, playing that role, which was really kind of a, an interesting and surreal experience. Um, I had forgotten what lines I had recorded, so the ending and the twists and the um, just the action sequences, I was as at the edge of my seat as, uh, as a first-time listener, and I kept forgetting that it was me that recorded that. So it was, it was really a very cool experience, and uh, again, if you ever have any chance to do any kind of voice acting like that, for the love of everything, holy do it. Um, it's just a, a really, really cool experience. And it's a very cool experience that I had with Cold Open Stories. Being in the Cold Open Stories stuff has been great. I got uh, almost got action figures made of myself. You know, we had a little painting contest, and that was fun to see people um, create their own versions of Abigail, and they all had, like, blue hair like mine, um, which was really, really cool. That's my ultimate goal is to become an action figure, and I'm getting a little bit closer every single day. So uh, additions keep coming in. Uh, getting recognition for this work work was really awesome and Colin I love you I love all this stuff that you do keep on doing it and I'll keep auditioning for you Carrie and Carla are the nicest people I've ever met who have played religious zealots true story when all lights have gone out was our first foray into a longer form story a 45 minute standalone Lights was a meditation on the first years of the Adeptus Sororitas, the faith militant of the galactic ecclesiarchy. It was a story about family and the question of whether you could ever come home again. And we were blessed with an incredible cast. From a standalone to a sweeping epic. Where we're going, our flesh is forfeit. Priestess, battleship in range, torpedoes released, signal priority high. Classification! Near cyclonic. Blast shields begin to close down around the ship. Emergency lighting turns on. Protocol breach. Scrambling frigates. Moving to running speed. I did not approve that order! Regrets. Establishing torpedo screen logical response. And Asterios, I will slave your mind into compliance! Update. Frigate's reaching point of- Not an acceptable sacrifice. Machine spirit of Fort Pilgrimage outweighs human capital. Those are my faithful. Dropship was faithful. You can't save them! Only the machine is eternal! This is not a committee! Cog and Crimson was our attempt to tell a serialized travel narrative, following a pirate, a tech priestess, and a pilgrimage. Now, if you listen closely, you can probably hear the influence of Conrad's Heart of Darkness or Jack Kerouac's On the Road. Now, Cog is an important story for me because it plays with the difference between shared values and shared interests, as well as the cost of obsession. The easily angered Thielen and the brooding Hieronymia have moments to intersect and bond, and perhaps even strike up a friendship or a romance. But when they arrive at a dire situation together, their past and the sacrifices they're willing to make will inevitably pull them apart with cataclysmic results. Hi there, my name is Stuart Moyer, and I played Thielen Alamir in A Cog in Crimson. When I first tried out for A Cog in Crimson, I tried out every male voice I could 
but I wasn't actually optimistic that I'd get any of them. Best case scenario was that I would get Luke, who died halfway through the first episode. Instead, Colin emailed me saying he loved my audition for Thalen. Working with Colin was an absolute pleasure, and the opportunity to meet so many other talented voice actors and voice actresses is something I will always appreciate. That and the fact that I got to scream my head off, or in this case my leg, and I never would have gotten there had I not tried out for everything I could. You could be acting through a laptop mic, or a USB mic, or an XLR mic. You could be processing your audio through Audacity, or Reaper, or even Windows Movie Maker. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you try. Because even if you don't feel confident in your own abilities, someone else will say otherwise. We all start somewhere. We just gotta start. Stuart's advice is an important one, especially for casting directors. There is no harm in auditioning for multiple parts. If anything, it gives us a better idea of your range and may also help tip the balance when we're looking at casting for roles. Now, by this point, I was getting pretty self-conscious about my own writing and thought maybe it'd be a good idea to let someone else take the reins. And the results were better than what I could have possibly imagined. I don't have time for this, Connor. I have to go. Why can't the others go? I'm the best shot in my regiment, Connor. They need me. They have enough troops. That's not for us to decide. They called in the reserves. Besides, if I don't go, we'll be executed. We'll raise Jatris then. The Ecclesiarchy? Mag? Hi. My name is Stephen Rhodes, and I am the co-writer of However Small, However Hidden, and script editor with Cold Open Stories. What got me into script writing? Uh, well, I've always been a storyteller. Even when I was younger, I used to write a roleplay campaign, story arcs for me and my friends to play through. And, you know, I've always loved movies, I've always loved TV and books, and, and just storytelling in general. So when I entered the games industry as a, as a designer, uh, it was a natural transition for me to kind of merge my love for storytelling and my love for game development and become a scriptwriter in games. And then from that, I've, you know, harnessed my skills and learned more and branched out and done other media. Um, and that's sort of how my scriptwriting journey started, really. Uh, I've been a huge Warhammer fan since I was like 10 years old. I remember walking past my local games workshop and peering in the window all the beautiful models and just being absolutely enamored by them and then it's kind of been a lifelong hobby of mine ever since then and i think what you know apart from the models and the gaming and the painting which i enjoy i think what really captured my imagination was the settings and the stories and the characters and the really grand scale of it you know it's very it is grimdark but it's also got like huge space opera flavor to it and it's on such a grand scale and and uh and i've always interacted with the hobby and, and games workshops ips ever since then and they've been major influences in my own my own creative works you know um i think the one piece of advice that i would give any writer uh is to not get too attached to what they're writing which sounds really silly you know, we're, as creatives, we're always attached to the things that we create and, and the stories that we write and the characters that we, you know, sort of come up with. But I often find that I, I really do my best focused work when I detach myself emotionally 
from the process of writing because I think, you know, writers and creatives in general, we have the tendency to get too caught up in things that we're heavily invested in. And I think one of the best things you can do is write like you don't give a fuck, which is something I read on Twitter uh, at some point of like how, you know, if you can write like you don't give a fuck, your, your natural writerly instincts will kick in and take over and they will, they will take you down the roads that you need to go. And, and a lot of that stress and worry and concern that you have about your work will kind of fall to the wayside. And then obviously they'll come back at some point. And, you know, when you go through the editing and rewriting, the constant rewriting, you'll always be able to re-inject that thing. But I think just, you know, taking that pressure off yourself and, and getting over that hurdle, I think really helps you really sit down and like just get the work done, which I think is the most important thing for any writer is just getting the work done. I think a bonus piece of advice that I want to give, um, collaboration, right? Collaboration is so important, you know, however small, however hidden turned out as good as it did because we had a great collaborative relationship. And I think, you know, from my experience in games as well and, and writing other things with, with other um, writing partners that I have, it's that I find the best part about writing and the most fun I have and the best work, the best results I get come from when I have great collaborators. And, you know, I think that's so important is to find people that you work with, that you enjoy interacting with, that you can get stuck into a piece of work with. If you find those people who understand you and who you enjoy working with, uh, it doesn't really feel like uh, work at all, really. Fan fiction often gets a bad rap. It's called amateur or non-canon or weird. It can, however, be good. And I mean really, really good. Fan fiction can be a place for aspiring authors to hone their craft, or like Steven mentioned, uh, finding a place to collaborate with others. It can also be where they come up with new characters that play with established themes and bring things together to create something new. It's kind of a peanut butter and jelly story. You're taking two great things that are even better together. So with cold open stories, audio dramas wouldn't be enough. We wanted the site to have something else, and that came in the form of short fiction and the fast fiction contest. Hi, my name is Benjamin Joseph, and I wrote The Avatar of Flies and The Witch of Rig 7 for the fast fiction contests. And I also wrote the short story Those Who Remain. Now, Benjamin is one of the dozens of authors who've published their fiction to the site. Altogether, we've had 120 stories, which is 1,434 minutes. To put that into perspective, you could watch the Snyder Cut almost six times before you'd finish reading. Now, that might sound a little lonely. Back to Benjamin. Uh, the thing about writing is that it can be lonely. <laughs> I think that's one of the main reasons it can be so hard to actually sit down and do it because it's just you and a computer screen and your imagination for really long periods of time so even when you get down to it it's also really easy to burn out and what really helps is just having a community so a really fun active community where you've got writers you've got editors you've got artists and everyone's swapping ideas they're giving feedback they're pushing each other to be better and to do more 
and if you combine that with some really great competitions where you have these interesting inspiring 40k prompts which make you think and you've got these quick 1000 word entries that you can you can produce relatively fast you can produce multiple ones of them and all of that just makes writing a more enjoyable experience and that's and that's what cold open stories is it just makes writing fun and i cannot overemphasize how amazing and useful that is for any writer there just aren't that many places around like this so if you're ever feeling that your writing is in a slump or you don't know where to start come to the site hop onto the discord you're going to find other people who can help encourage and push you and challenge you and that's what it's all about Sometimes grim dark works best when you have a small point of light to point to, or to stamp out. Agtrill, the counterfeit blade, entered production during COVID and had some rewrites that were influenced by the world around us. It's a story about ancestry and how, although we will never meet our ancestors, the fact that they endured has a strength that has been handed down to us. It's a poignant message for me personally, as it's about this disconnect between the past and the present, but how even with generations between us, we are still the inheritors of the blessings of our families and the strength that they carried and handed down to us. My name is Nicholas Gossage, and I played Immortatai in Agdrill, the Counterfeit Blade. Now, Nick here is a bit of a double threat. He has been an actor and a writer. His character has spanned both the past and the present. And he's also been published in both fast fiction and short fiction. Remember what I said about peanut butter and jelly? He's kind of the human or Necron equivalent of that. I guess what attracted me to voice acting was the simple fact that I needed to be my own voice actor for a lot of my early projects when I was about 12, because uh, I did stop motion. So you need to provide your own voice acting, your own sound effects, the whole nine yards. I wasn't good at it, but it was a fun experience nonetheless. And since then, I've developed a love for acting in general, and voice acting is just a nice extension of that. The only difference is I don't have to get dressed up in a costume or have set makeup put on me and be under harsh lighting. It's I can show up to my computer, put on the microphone, and just do the work. Fanfiction is important to me because it's one of the safest places to test your technique, to try out new ideas, and it's a great way to get feedback and just connect with whatever fandom you're involved in. It's just, it's a place where like-minded people can just sit down and create. That sense of community is something that's shared by another Cold Open alumni, Chris Buxy. My name is Chris Buxy, and I'm the author of You Will Never Be a Knight, The Dark Stabber, after the craft world and several other works on cold open stories. My advice to anyone getting into writing is to find a group of like-minded writers so that you can bounce ideas off each other. Sometimes it can be nerve-wracking sharing your writing while it's still a work in progress, but I've never regretted getting advice from a fresh pair of eyes. This is one of the reasons I love the cold open community. If you drop by their Discord, then you will find plenty of fellow writers who will be happy to help you hone your work into the perfect short story. Now, let's talk about a different kind of family. 
Sergeant Rudolph News. Captain? Commander, now. The scars on his face dissipate like a mirage. Muscles shift and reform. Physically, he's an apt, handsome man. A perfect soldier. Slanesh is favoured. But what did he say? Commander. If Agtril was about the bonds of bloodlines, Hounds of Bedlam was what happens when your family is damaged and broken. Hounds is full of murderers, sadists, mutants, sociopaths, demons, and witchery. And while there are protagonists, they aren't even close to good people. When I was a young girl, I had a fascination with Imperial Saints, the Emperor's emissaries. I had this unwavering belief that I could contact them. I thought if I could hear the word of angels, I could unify mankind. So, I reached out. And something else answered. I've always had problems finding stories that blend military horror with fantasy. But standouts for me were films like Dog Soldiers and Death Watch, or the anthology Snafu. Take some of those influence and consider the grim, dark future of Warhammer, and you have a recipe for some truly gnarly set pieces. Slowly, his exposed arm molds and twirls. His flesh rearranges as easily as a potter shapes clay. From it, he creates a crab-like claw serrated with sickle-shaped teeth at the end of his forearm. And some great talent. Hi, I'm Cliff Chapman and I play Rudolph Noosh in The Hounds of Bedlam. Uh, I had a really terrific experience making it. Um, I enjoyed Warhammer for, well, probably about 20 odd years with a little break in between. Um, 30 years now, almost. Um, yeah, I've actually, as a professional voice actor, worked for the Black Library on quite a few of the big audios. Uh, my first was The Heart of the Pharos uh, in early 2016, uh, and I've done Warclaw, uh, Prophets of War, um, Armated Lady. Um, I've not played Chaos before, so it was a really great experience to add another string to my bow on there. Um, at home, I have uh, a Rode NT2A mic. Uh, I have an interface uh, that goes through that, um, which is a Focusrite Scarlet 2i2 third gen, uh, which is very good. Uh, I run a laptop, which is a Surface Pro, um, and the great one about the particular one that I have, the i5 model, uh, doesn't have a fan, which is very, very good, so you don't get fan noise, uh, so you can work on your computer uh, without having to keep it out of the booth as it were. Uh, I haven't spent thousands on a booth because I haven't got thousands. Um, but what I do is I have uh, clothes racks from Ikea uh, with heavy duvets uh, on them. So I sort of make a corner of the wall, two clothes racks with duvets, another big thick duvet over the top. Um, and we have actually stuck um, studio padding to the uh, walls of the room. 
Um, so one day when we move out, we'll have to take those off again, probably. Um, but yeah, the main thing is um, you don't need to think that you need to spend thousands and thousands and thousands on kit. Um, you can get really, really good studio quality kit for a few hundred. Um, the Like they say, the scabbard is worth 10 of the sword. Literally, if you have a microphone under a duvet in a bed, do it. Listen to as much as you possibly can. Play, have fun. Um, apply to be in cold open, uh, practice, play. Um, there is so much that you can do as well to be a part of this. It's a great experience. So uh, enjoy the celebrations and uh, I hope I get to do another one. And like Cliff was saying, apply from anywhere. Our audio dramas are now being heard in more than 40 countries worldwide. One person who did just that was Su Ling Chan. Hi, my name is Su Ling Chan, and I played Rio V on Hounds of Bedlam. Voice acting is important to me, especially now with my home studio, because I'm able to authentically represent my culture, which is Malaysian and a little bit of an honorary Singaporean, in an authentic light that is not comedic in nature. Something like an Uncle Roger or a Poitoukang which are both authentic, but they're not the only facets of our culture. Now I'm able to showcase Malaysian and Singaporeans in dramatic leading roles while still being diverse and authentic. So thank you so much for giving me this opportunity for your platform. Now, similar to where we started with receiving transmissions with the Echo of Satellite 66B, let's flip it to the broadcast in yesterday's news. Our main story for 465. ADL Sasha Mendiar announces an incentive scheme to tackle rising absenteeism on the production lines. The ADL expressed confidence that decisive action now will avert a crisis. More details later on this program. Yesterday's news was written by Daniel Summerbell and first arrived into the archives at Cold Open Stories as one of our short fiction submissions. Receiving an adaptation to an audio drama, it plays with the themes of propaganda and truth, something that may be important for our current day and age. Longtime fans of Warhammer 40,000 will also find some tongue-in-cheek references to the bureaucracy of the Imperium. They'll also hear the voice of Cat Peterson. My name is Cat Peterson, and I was the narrator for Diem Infamia and Katya Saporov in yesterday's news. I fell in love with voice acting because I'm a storyteller at heart. There is nothing I love more than to help others immerse themselves in a new world with exciting characters and plots. I remember listening to one of my first Cold Open Stories audio dramas and being blown away at the excellence of production and the immersive experience. So much detail. They weren't just telling a story. They were truly bringing it to life. Voice acting is important to me because I can use my voice to help listeners explore and navigate new places and ideas. And I love that I can be a part of that. Now, during the last two years, we had started our short fiction anthology, as well as the fast fiction contest. But something new came out of all of this. 
the Inquisitor Doctrina Malum writing game. As a combination between the SCP Foundation and Warhammer 40,000, Inquisitor Doctrina Malum is a immersive writing experience where authors can collaborate with other writers on the site to create articles and flesh out the world surrounding the pieces of fiction, the audio dramas, and the greater tapestry of the Segmentum. One of the masterminds behind this project is Thomas Pham, publishing editor for Cold Open Stories, who has a few words to say. Wow, two full years of Cold Open Stories. It's consistently mind-blowing to see the high quality of content that the Cold Open community puts out, and it's improving all the time. When I joined up around a year ago, I was in a major creative slump. I hadn't written anything in ages, aside from academic essays, and even then it was quite begrudgingly. I had no creative projects or ambition to really speak of. It was just me and a continually expanding pile of unpainted minis. Now, the minis are largely still unpainted, but that's besides the point. I, I find my creativity energized by this community. From the incredible audio dramas to the wonderfully creative written fiction entries we receive, and now the release of the Doctrina Malum project, there is no shortage of places to draw inspiration from. As publishing editor, I look forward to many more great experiences at Cold Open, and to hearing more from all of you when it comes time to submit those short fiction and fast fiction stories. I love you so much. So that's it. Two years of content. But what's next? Very soon, you'll be able to audition to our upcoming audio drama, On the Hunter's Watch. You can see the incredible art for this cover by our team artist, Orniris Terenzi, over on coldopenstories.com. While you're there, take a look at the other covers that he's done, and be sure to show him some love. I think that was everything. Oh, right, the contest. Now this is a big one. It's been judged by Nicholas Wolf. Nicholas Wolf is a author with Black Library and a illustrator extraordinaire. And he was very kind to lend us his time to judge the sixth fast fiction contest. We're very happy to announce the winner now. And the winner of the fast fiction contest, The Stars Are Cold, is... The Men of Flesh by Philip Hosna. Congratulations to everyone who participated. You'll be able to hop onto the website tomorrow to read that story, the official selection, and the editor's choice. Thank you again. Two years. What an incredible journey. It has gone by so fast. Uh, thank you to the readers, the listeners, supporters, as well as our podcasting partners, Lorehammer, Realm and Ruin, The Fluff and Hammer, Remembrancers Retreat, uh, The Drop Pod, Mob Rules, Sanction Extremis, 40k Today, uh, The Hero Cast, uh, Battle Host, the Sisters of Battle Podcast, Hobby Vices. Thank you, everyone for tuning in and for being a part of this. And we really look forward to seeing you in our next episode and help spread the signal. Take care.